Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce. This week, we interview Laura Trejo with Seis Diaz Services in Mexico. We have a great conversation about commerce in Mexico and what platforms stores are using now. Some of the choices may be surprising. Laura tells us how the Magento to Adobe name change has been confusing, and we learn about a new commerce platform called Tienda Nube. We talk about marketing in Mexico and more. Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and big commerce elite partner. Magento, the code of commerce. This episode is sponsored by Eway Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, Eway Corporation, forward together. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today, we're interviewing Laura Trejo from Mexico. Laura, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Hi, Brent. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm Laura Trejo. I'm from Guadalajara, Mexico. I've been around on the Magento ecosystem from around eight years, I think so. Right now, I'm running my business, uh, being an e-commerce agency. So, thank you. Great. And today, we're gonna we're gonna dive into some topics that are interesting in Mexico around e-commerce and, and learn a little bit about uh, what's what's happening in Mexico right now. Um, so I guess to start off, what, what, what are the big trends you're seeing at the moment for e-commerce in Mexico? Okay, so right now in Mexico, everybody wants to be an e-com. Uh, we were like two or three years uh, behind on everybody else for the e-commerce. It was being hard to adopt, but you know, because of COVID, everybody needed to, to start selling online. So on the last year during uh, 2020, at least 80% of the stores went online. Some of them went bigger, like they, they already had some projects to be online so they just move quickly and other stores were like okay so i need to start selling online what the heck are uh, the like payment gateways so uh everybody in mexico needed to speed up on e-commerce so that's something that happened really fast the last year a lot of people were not using credit cards or holding against paying online but when the shutdown started, like they had to start using the credit card, they start uh, looking for stuff online. So everybody had to, to move on, even if they don't like. That happened also a lot like with the parents, like they were used to ask their children for help or anything else. And now that the channels are not around or are locked on another uh, location, they had to learn how to do things. They also uh, move up the fraud uh, statistics. So fraud some statistics, people, yeah. Yes. 
So some people uh, are doing good with their e-commerce, others die because of the fraud. So it's like an interesting phase for the e-commerce in Mexico. Also, like I know a lot of people like in other parts of the world are not uh, really fans or for, of Facebook. But here in Mexico, if you want to start selling online, you start selling on Facebook, okay. not even Instagram. They, they start with Facebook, like having a small fan page and only like posting pictures of their stuff. There, there's something uh, we are calling here in Mexico, the nenis culture. And nenny is like a girl who is trying to sell something, maybe old clothes or uh, handcraft stuff online. Like it's going to be Mother's Day. So they go and buy a lot of uh, mugs and they start to personalize the mug. They take pictures, they post it on Facebook, like on a, on a fan page or, or also on profiles. And they, they say like, if you want a gift for your mother, uh, call me, I'll create your mug and, and I'll uh, do the shipping like in a place that is in the middle of both houses of the person who's buying. So they start calling these girls nannies. Okay. So yeah, I, know, I, I know the challenge when, when I first started doing business with people in Mexico in um, I guess it was 2014, the challenge was always around fraud and, and people not being able to pay. And just for our mm -hmm. listeners, the tip of the, one of the ways people would pay would be go, go into OXO, which is like a convenience store. And you would be able to get a little um, receipt that you've paid, say, uh, a thousand pesos towards something and then you could go in and and either put that online that we there's a there's actually a magento extensions that will work with oxo um or you could even then go into the store and present your receipt to say here i paid for this so now yes. things are changing rapidly but but they are still using oxo you're doing online but offline which is weird and like unique I think for Latam, not only Mexico. Yeah, the other challenge I remember was that uh, shipping wasn't always really good in Mexico. How how has shipping changed? Still not good, and and really expensive. I don't know uh, about USA the the shipping costs, but here in Mexico, I think the best price you can get for one kilo is like. Um, from 200 pesos to 150. That's like really expensive. It's almost the price of any item you need to buy. And if you start going with the volumetric weight and stuff like that, you are up to two or three kilos, which, which is like 500 pesos. That's not good. I think most of the business are uh, fighting with that because okay, you have an interesting product, people is willing to pay you using the OXO, but uh, they are not willing to pay the shipment because sometimes it's uh, uh, expensive, more expensive than the product itself. So shipping still not good in Mexico. 
Yeah, and this is where the this is where the retailers that have stores across Mexico have an advantage because they people can buy it online and pick it up at the local store if they need to. Or I don't are they doing curbside pickup or like we're doing for people? They start uh, last year. Some of the stores that start that was Liverpool and Walmart, and it it went off the ground foot because people started doing really big lines to, to pick up their stuff. And the store wasn't ready because the people in the store wasn't ready either. So they were trying to gather all the pieces from the order at the same time they were going to deliver. So people start complaining. I think it's uh, a little better right now, but I think it's only Liverpool and Walmart the ones that do the, the click and collect. Okay. How about, um, how about Amazon? How is Amazon doing in Mexico? Really good. Really good. Uh, I think most of the people that I know, at least on the tech side, they, they bend and pay the prime subscription. Um, but also the prices on Amazon went up a lot. Uh, here in Mexico, you can use uh, Amazon or Mercado Libre. And sometimes uh, things used to be cheaper on Amazon. And then using the, the prime subscription, you use uh, Amazon. But right now, the people that are selling on Amazon uh, put prices like really up. So people is moving to Mercado Libre again. So it's kind of funny. They have a lot of uh, public, but uh, they are going expensive. So people is moving back to Mercado Libre. And does Mercado Libre also offer free shipping like Amazon Prime? Uh, no, not all the not all the items. They do have some warehouses here in Mexico and in other sites, but not all the, the merchants are using the, their warehouse, but shipping uh, is around 99 pesos, which is a really good price compared with any other shipping uh, gateway you can find around. So would you agree that sort of those two are being the disruptors in the industry? They're driving some of these shipping prices that have to go lower and some of the other retailers are trying to follow but it's more difficult because the open price for the market is this and maybe amazon yes. raised their prices because they are offering free shipping maybe it could be uh, all, all other thing that i see that maybe is not working for online people that are trying to sell is that they are struggling uh calculating the price they should use for online selling some people is uh, putting like big prices because they don't want to absorb the gate payment commission and the shipping commission and paying the extra people. So they're putting their price like really high and they are not selling. Um, some other people is not calculating any of this and they are trying to sell at the same price they used to sell on the physical store and they are losing money. So there are like two sides and like very few people is like getting the price right for their e-commerce. And also we know that something is not going to happen like right away. It's something you need to, to get to know your public. 
but right now there is no time to get to know your public. You need to be selling already. Yeah, there is an urgency to be online now, especially with lockdowns and closures. Tell me how the mood or tell me how it is in your area for for the coronavirus. Are, are you still locked down or are people now going out to the stores? <laughs> we used to be on lockdown like the first half of 2020. Like people really care and use their mask and stuff. But right now that the vaccination has started, people already forgot about the mask. And every mall and every public place is already open. It seems like COVID never happened. But it's also because right now Mexico is near to the elections. So if you say there is COVID, people is not going to the election. So right now there is no COVID. I'm sure right past June 6th, we are going back to lockdown. Okay, so but who knows? Yeah, unfortunately, it's all turned very political. <laughs> yes. um, so back to e-commerce. Um, I know that somebody that did a company that did e-commerce well or worked through their challenges was Best Buy, and Best Buy is in Mexico. How? What is the perception of how they're doing for their online sales? They are not in Mexico anymore. Oh, they wow. closed their store last year. Uh, when all the COVID and the lockdown uh, happened, they they last one month, I think, maybe two months into lockdown, and they start uh, closing all their physical stores. The remaining items they sold online, but if you go right now on bestbuy.com.mx, uh, it's gone already. So they didn't survive. Even That's if you amazing. think that, yes, if you think that there's a big company that would do okay in a situation like that, they didn't. Yeah, that shows how it, it impacts every type of retailer, not just the smaller ones. Yes. Um, so I guess what, what do you see then for smaller retailers? How are they being successful now as they're moving online? Uh, they're learning how to do their pricing. They are learning how to do the shipment because uh, some companies didn't want to hire someone to be on their e-commerce, like an e-commerce manager. They wanted to do all and they couldn't. So they are learning how to do prices. They are learning how to do shipping. They know they cannot do uh, everything. That's something I talked about on the last uh uh presentation that i have that you need someone to look after that uh, business unit because it's not like uh, a hobby you really need to put people and money into that and i think they are they're doing good i expect this year i think it's going to be like quite the same people trying to sell on facebook instagram and small platforms and maybe next year when they feel they have uh, more experience, they move on to another platforms. I think uh, the platform that are stronger here in Mexico, it's something called Tienda Nube. That is something like Shopify kind of. Uh, Shopify is also strong here in Mexico. And WordPress 
with WooCommerce. People uh, really like that. There is not a lot of Magento uh, embracement still, even that we already do that here in Mexico. Only they they see as a only big big business platform. Um, some other uh, platform they have no business here in Mexico. Like for example, big commerce is not doing uh, things here in Mexico because of the lack of payment gateways. Yeah, so, and I, you'll, I think you'll see big commerce is now going to make a push into Mexico. Um, but okay, so back to, <laughs> so back to, uh, I guess back to platforms, I know that you've been very involved in Magento or Magento. What, what, do you see, what do you see the current business state and it, and how do you see new people coming to Magento in Mexico? As I said, it's seen like for bigger uh, retailers, bigger sellers. Uh, this thing with the name change did a lot of uh, noise. I have some uh, stores that are on the open community uh, version and they start asking us, what's going to happen with our platform? Do we have to pay? I'm like, no, not, not yet, That's, I think so. So um, I'm not sure what would be the future because marketing is going to go to the Adobe Commerce name. Um, the idea is Mexico is not like big adopter of Magento. And now that the marketing is going to Adobe Commerce, I think less people is going to look for Magento or ask for Magento platforms. So and it's well, good to know big commerce coming. Yeah, and what was that first uh, platform you mentioned? The one that uh, that people are Tienda adopting? Nube. Tienda Nube. Tienda Nube, so new, new store. Okay. Yes, it's, it's something like Shopify because you can create your store online, uh, like click, click, click. So they allow not technical people to put their stuff online, like really easy. And because you can uh, pay your subscription in pesos to not seem so uh, frightening, like being Shopify using dollars. That's something really important. Even if the price is the same, people will prefer to pay in pesos than seeing the, the pricing table on US dollars. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think that all of the platforms should look at that in some way uh, to allow for local currencies to be paid. Yes. Uh, what yes. What other, so you, you're, you run an agency, what what type what type of stores do you see on magento and what type of business is it are you getting new business or is it existing customers that you're taking over that business uh, both both i'm doing uh, magento for small medium enterprises that uh, magento was already on their growing plans for last year next year so that was good they get square when the COVID started, like they stopped some uh, projects saying like, okay, I need to take care of the people that is on the stores. 
So we are going to stop on the online project right now. But when they saw this wasn't going to end like really fast, they start putting money on the online business and they, they are doing good. And in the other side, I have some small uh, clients that are not even business. It's like people that get their stuff and they want to go online and they are starting doing the Facebook and the Instagram jobs. Which, okay, so they're, uh, they're selling directly on those platforms and how are they taking payment those? They're just doing a payment they are local, so they are doing this uh, Nenny's business model where they announce, they put the price on Facebook, but they get to the location of the customer to deliver the products. So they are not paying commissions for the get payment gateways and they are not paying shipments. So they, that's good for their business. They keep selling, but they are not struggling with the other cost of the platform. Okay. Um, all right. So shifting just back to the Magento community, yes. how, and I know that it's always been a struggle to get the Magento community sort of more involved in Mexico. Do you, how, how, how are we going to get the Magento community more involved in Mexico? Uh, there is a Magento Mexico Slack. There are like maybe 30 to 40 developers in there. We all know each other. Uh, I think uh, Magento could do some efforts on participating on local events. There are like two or three big events for e-commerce here in Mexico. They do not have presence. Uh, we have invited them, but their response has been like, uh, their response has been, we need to pay them to be on the event. So, that's not going to happen. We don't have money. <laughs> you know how uh, communities are, are working here. So they are also got invited to some others, not exactly like e-commerce, but uh, retailers events. And the response has been the same. Like, look, uh, no, you need to pay me to get there. Like, goodbye. I don't need you. And like, for example, in the other side, Shopify is really willing, willing to, to pay to be in our events. Interesting. So, so like, tell me those three main events. It's e-commerce day. You can uh, Google like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with e-commerce day. Um, E-data. E-data. And I don't remember the name of the other but I can send it to you so you can put on the- um... Yeah, we'll put it on the show notes. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I I was, I, I went to Etsy, E-E-C-S-E. -E. Uh -huh. Yeah, and Adobe had a big booth there. Um, uh, so that, but that was in 2019. Uh, that was uh, six months ago or something like that, 2019, I think. I'm making, I'm making a small year. joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, we, we don't count 2020. Right? Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so I agree that Magento needs to do a better way of marketing it. And the Adobe name now has has put a lot of confusion onto things. Yes. Some of the other products are still called whatever that, like Dreamweaver is still called Dreamweaver and Photoshop <laughs> is still called Photoshop. Or, and I don't know if Photoshop was an Adobe product originally or not, but Dreamweaver was a Macromedia product and it's called Adobe 
uh, Dreamweaver. So I do feel like there's a space that they should continue the name Magento and that it has a lot of value. Um, and they should have a version that is for even a paid version that would be available for people that's called Magento. Um, so helping that, I think from a community standpoint, the more that we can do in the community to educate Adobe on what, what they're doing impacts everything downstream is gonna help the whole community in, in whole. Um, all right, so I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, do you think the story is going to repeat itself? Like if we look back to Magento history when it was like Varian and then it went to eBay and then it went back to the community, do you think it's going to happen the same like right now with Adobe that Magento is going back full to the community at some point? I do think it's going to back to the community at some point. And I think the Magento Association has is going to have some say in that at least to help everybody understand what it what the community means to it. Um, and I'm not part of any of the Adobe communities. But you know, for example, Adobe Experience Manager was Apache Sling originally. And that is an open source project. And it's I think there's a community around it. I don't know <laughs> what sort of community there is. Uh, and it's obviously, you know, a very, um, a very large project and it's written in Java instead of PHP, but there is a community around that and it is open source and you can run, you can run that on your own without paying any licensing fees. What it looks oh, like nice. between the two, I don't know. Right now, Magento open source and Adobe Commerce look very similar when you log into it. There's a yes. lot of features that aren't there, but they look the same. Um, so I think growing that community and continuing to foster that community is an important part of what, you know, what they need to do. And I guess what we need to do um, as sort of community leaders. Um, do you have you been involved much with the Adobe Associate or with with, with the Magento Association? <laughs> Not really. I have I read some of the newsletter they send, but not like being on a Slack or doing some interaction. Not really. I did get a ticket to the last uh, Magento Imagine, that the one that got canceled. So <laughs> so far. And did you did you uh, log into that the Magento Connect conference right after the Adobe Summit? Yes, yes, yes. I I I connected to those conferences. I started doing some blogging around the most interesting uh, topics that I saw. But this year, I also subscribed to the. To, to the event, but when I was doing my sign up, I saw the disclaimer that said that you could not uh, uh, do blog posts or uh, without permissions. So I get really discouraged by that. So I didn't listen to any session on this year. Like, okay, um, on my personal opinion, if I'm going to that event and I take up my time to write about and to 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 get this topic more uh, spread, I, I didn't like that. That 
that clause that you could not blog or write anything that was going to happen on the event. So it was like, okay, so I not interested. Yeah, I missed that part. And I'm sure that was some lawyer putting some legal speak into their I agreement have a, a and nobody thinking about it. What's that? Yes. Yes, I have a screenshot. I'll send it to you. Yes, please. Because they said like you cannot do any any blogging, any retweeting, any any stuff with this information that you are about to see. And they were like, okay, no, thanks. Yeah, that's a great way to shut down an event. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And and going back with the question that what else can uh, the the Magento or the Adobe guys do? to be on the Mexican uh, market is they, they need to help us, the agencies, to get involved with their partner projects. I know in US there are uh, programs for smaller, smaller agencies when you can start selling like the enterprise version, but it's not available for Mexico or Latam. Then for example, I, I had one client that they wanted to be enterprise person. And I called the, the, the guy for the business and they say like, oh, you cannot do the enterprise because you are not an enterprise partner. And then I asked like, what do I need to be an enterprise partner? They say, okay, you need to pay a fee, you know, a big fee and keep uh, getting, uh, business every quarter, I think three new business for every quarter. And it's like, okay, so I'm not in the possibility to do that. So I, I lost that client because they wanted enterprise and I couldn't set enterprise. Yeah, so that's a challenge. That, that's something, yes, that's something that they could create a program or allow us to, to do maybe one in a time sale one, one idea that I had, if, if you look at Akinio, Akinio has a growth program that they have. Mm -hmm. It's sort of between their open source and their enterprise version. And it's SaaS mm -hmm. as well. So clients, anybody, you know, a smaller agency can sell that one. And it does allow the, cl the, the client to have a, a, at least a supported version and that would mm -hmm. allow somebody like yourself to be able to sell it and support it. I, I think that's a good model. Do you remember, yes. you remember Magento Pro? No. <laughs> yeah, there was, so there was an open source, there was a pro version. Okay, so there was an open source, there was Magento Go, which was their SaaS uh -huh. version. Then yes. there's Magento Pro, which was a scaled down version of Magento Enterprise. And then there was Magento Enterprise. No, so I, think, I didn't I think, got to see that one. Yeah, Pro, I think, went away in like 1.11 or 1.10 for Magento okay. uh, in, in the enterprise space. Um, but that was another idea that they had to try to make um, to make a version that would be would would be affordable to different people. I think the problem is when you start making it about the features in the software, people quickly realize that Magento open source could turn into Magento Enterprise or Adobe Commerce now, simply by adding all these different extensions to it. 
Yes. And it is, it is definitely a puzzle. So it is sort of like, would you like to build your house yourself and have your, you know, make sure that you put the plumbing in and make sure that you've put all the electrical in, or would you like one person to just give you the house and you can go in and work and use it? That's that, that, that is the kind of the difference that I see between the two. Uh, you can build out those features. The one thing you can't get with, with open source is you don't get that support that you would get directly from Adobe like you would with, with um, Adobe Commerce. The other differences are going to be all these integrations that we're seeing with Adobe, like Adobe Enterprise or Experience Manager and Adobe, um, well, the, the live search will be one that's available for both, but like Adobe Sensei is only going to be available, I think, right now, anyways, for Adobe Commerce, not for open source. So I think we'll see some differences in features that distinguish it a little bit more. Um, all right. So what what um, but, but what are you reading? I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Get drive by the features. Uh, at least here in Mexico, I think people care more about the support that they could get being on the enterprise uh, position. So I don't think it's about, at least here, I don't think it's about the feature, it's about getting the support. Yeah, I agree. That and that, that, that the is the, version. that is one of the biggest values. All right, so back to e-commerce. What what are you reading right now? What is it that interests you, and how are you yes. getting uh, some of your information for to to keep yourself educated? Okay, so right now I'm into the marketing stuff. I've joined several uh, Telegram channels where they do marketing for e-commerce. That's a way for me to keep up on tendencies on the market and also giving me new ideas on what to implement for these uh, clients. Because, you know, it's not only about putting the product online, it's also creating the, the strategy around it. And like, uh, I know right now I'm lacking for a marketing person that does that for me, but also uh, that keeps me updated. So I'll say right now I'm into marketing. Like into this, uh, what's the name? Digital marketing. Digital marketing, yes. And what about tools? Are you? Is there anything special you're using for tools to help you with that? With digital marketing, no. But I keep uh, digging into uh, ways to put up my developments uh, quickly. Uh, I I've tried several Docker uh, builds to get the, the developers up to speed. There is one that I'm surprised there is not a lot of community is the one from MGT Commerce that, that keeps evolving and it's going with all the Magento required platforms. And you can put your uh, development setup like in one hour. And nobody's talking about that. MGT Commerce. Okay, I'll take a look at that one. Have you looked at Warden? I'll say MGT Commerce. Yes. How about Warden? Uh, have you looked at that one? Uh, the sound, the, the name. No. I think it's Warden.dev. No, no. the, the name sounds on 
Yeah, I'll I'll put the I'll I'll put all the notes in the show or in the, in the in the in our show notes. And then the other one that I've recently interviewed is MDoc M D O Q. It's Aaron Moss. He's out of the UK, and that's a, set, a completely remote version of 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 developer environments that again could be done and spun up in say 15 minutes. And that would also include all the external things like Elastic Search and, uh, nice. and SQL and everything you need, Redis and all those other feet, all those other things. Varnish would be included in that. Uh, so th those are, I know local environments, we could have a whole nother talk just about what developers should be using on local environments. Um, so, um, all right. So last, we have a couple of minutes left here. Um, how about, do you have what what recommendations do you have for a merchant if if they're looking to grow their online store what would be uh put attention on your prices uh do not forget that you need to do marketing that your product is not good is not going to sell by itself even if you are a big retailer um and also put attention on your product images. That's something that, that they are not paying attention. They are taking like really ugly and small picture of their products. And, and then they complain because the site does not look beautiful. So I think that those three things would be good advice. And you said pay attention to the product images, right? And and put a tag and description of it as well as a meta. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, yes, um, yes. Great. Um, so uh, one but thing. But that I would always... be like extra step. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Continue. So. Um, Go ahead and, you know, as we round, as we, as we finish it off here, I always let people to do a shameless plug. So I would like, go ahead and say whatever you would like about whatever you would like to say. Promote yourself. Okay, what would be? Okay, so this is Laura from Sales Deal Services. We do e-com platforms. We could do Shopify, Magento. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, uh, what else? Um, I don't know what else to say. I love dogs. <laughs> I don't know. We can find, you can find me on Twitter on Laura underscore Rea. You can write that down later. And I'm always available for small talk like right now. I do enroll, I do enjoy being on talks like that. Excellent. Um, all right, so I'm gonna do my, I have two shameless plugs that I wanna do today. Number one, we're trying to promote a Magento puppy hashtag okay. where everybody ta tags and, and, and tweets pictures of their dogs. It doesn't have to be a puppy and I think it could be a cat but we're, I mean. yeah, the, the tag should be magenta. And I think we've decided on magento puppy. So I'm trying to get more people to use this hashtag magento puppy. And I'm thinking on Wednesdays, we'll do Wednesday magento puppy day. I don't know if that's better or not, but um, what's the, is 
yeah. And Wednesday, I think would be a good day. I did it yesterday. Could be Thursday. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But yes. trying to promote Magento Puppy <laughs> as a as a relief to our sitting in our chairs in front of a screen all day. The second thing that I'm promoting right yes. now is we're trying to do a hackathon for Adobe Magento in Orlando, Florida in 2022 okay. in January. So it would be the Adobe Disney Hackathon. And of course I can't call it Adobe Disney Hackathon because I'll get sued by two people, but we are promoting a hackathon as a, yes. as a community <laughs> event that would happen in Orlando, Florida. And as that, I would also like to think about, can we do something like the Unconference like they do in Germany uh, every year where instead of a mm -hmm. uh, organized conference, we do it in the style of an unconference where everybody goes and presents the topics and then everybody votes on the topic and whoever wins the top votes get to present their topics. So those are the things that I'm trying to do. So January, 2022, Orlando, Florida, if anybody likes Disney World, I don't know why we haven't had an event in Orlando, Florida. All right. Well, thank you, Laura. Nice. Thank you for Got me this. In boat. Yeah, good. <laughs> thank you for this time and and uh, helping us to understand some of the complexities in the e-commerce market in Mexico. Um, and I'm uh, I'm happy to see that you're safe and 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 you're well. And I thank look you. forward to another talk sometime. Perfect. Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and Big Commerce Elite partner. Magento, the code of commerce. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, an AWS Select Consulting Partner, EWA Corporation, forward together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.